Do you guys know TikTok? Yes. TikTok's not a rapper, Dan. TikTok is a, it's an app. <laughs> no. I have a clock, an old grandfather clock that makes that sound. And I, whenever no, I look at that, I say, hey, I'm on TikTok. No. Okay. No, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm so- on TikTok. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Is theater dead? Because if it is, <laughs> we'll just get out now and just do everything TikTok. Well, basically. Oh, yeah. God. Not to freeze out first. on you. You heard it here first. Oh, God. On our opening weekend podcast, Isabella Berman has declared theater no, wait, dead. You, you, theater. Dead. you do theater. Your Miss Hannigan was amazing. We saw you. It was great. You okay. Better, well, did you enjoy it? Carol Burnett. It was, yeah, it was pretty fun. But like now, if you want to see theater, you just go on TikTok. So oh, <laughs> right, I'm getting, I want to talk about something that's going to make me happy. Um, but it is, it's a source of consternation in this family now. Um, Yikes. Renee Russo's, according to Izzy, Renee Russo's disgusting goobies. <laughs> this came up because last week we watched the Thomas Crown Affair and we watched it with Izzy. Did you like that movie, Izzy? What'd you think, Izzy? The only parts that I liked were the cool parts, which in my opinion were the parts where he multiplied himself and where he he stole the painting and how he showed that the painting was actually there at the end. See, you could be part of this podcast. Like like Godfather, like Goddaughter. Same thing. (laughs) Why didn't you like Rene Russo in it? Too many disgusting booby scenes. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I didn't. Like uh, it. Uh, uh, too many movie scenes. Uh, there were too many scenes. of those. There were too many of, of those. There, yes. It was just too there, many. There were a lot, but are they were they really disgusting? Why are you asking that? Well, I'm just <laughs> I, but you're not you're not uh, uh gratuitous. Uh, they were gratuitous. It was gratuitous. Too many. It was just that I feel like I wasn't supposed to see all those disgusting booby scenes. I got you, yes. Yeah, we, we were a little... I forgot there was that much nudity, but yeah. I also, you know, it's the human body. We, I don't want, uh, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> but his face. Was, yes. Why we but, like, yes, disgusting. this is in health But it was class. still awkward was for all of us. Just save it for health class, Dad. <laughs> okay, so the, so the verdict is... Too many of those scenes, and I think we all can all agree on that. I, except for Fred, there was just too many. Fred, you I say not enough. Has no problem with it. It, it, it. Renee Russo could have walked around. She could have gone to work with no shirt on. She could have gone to the bank. She could have gone ever. She could have gone grocery shopping. You also had a, uh, an interesting observation about when they were, you know, fooling around on on the oh, stairs. Yeah. What did you say about that? No, I said that um, when, okay, so they did stuff on the stairs. And then later when <laughs> she was like annoyed at him because she thought he was cheating on her. She sat down on the stairs and she was crying. I was like, don't, don't you have any terrible thoughts of what has happened on those very <laughs> stairs? Don't you... Like, why are you sitting down on those stairs? That's it would have been great. Point. You're so right. Is it would have been great if she looked over at the stairs and she was like, oh, she was no. like, oh. <laughs> or, she, or she sat and then just slid down. It was like, <laughs> oh my god, the stairs were traumatizing. So we so, so we're saying two things: the human body is not disgusting, and yet too much. It's never a good thing. Never a good thing in that movie. Right. Anything so, else you want to say about uh? Thomas Crown Affair or Renee Russo or the amazing opening weekend podcast? Um, like the show. The boobs were disgusting. <laughs> and my dad's like half an idiot. So. <laughs> what? 
Because I told you that Jason wanted you to say that. Wait, which half, though? So I thought which you half? wanted me to say that. <laughs> well, Izzy, I want you to know oh. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I, mm. I have the same review of Thomas Crown Affair as you did. It's and we also much. agree that your dad's half an idiot. <laughs> I agree that he's half. Jason agrees he's other. He's the, the other, other half. half. This way, he's a whole idiot. One whole I mean, like, moron. Aww. I'm saying. But I'm your daddy. Yay. Yay. All right. You want to go watch Shit's Creek? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Love you guys. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Read it R. Welcome to episode 13 of Opening Weekend. This week, we travel back to August 14th, 1987, and a quartet of films that aim to have a little something for everyone Can't Buy Me Love, Disorderlies, The Monster Squad, and No Way Out. Fred and Dan, aside from testifying at the Iran Contra hearings, what else were you two kids doing? During August of 1987. <laughs> Getting ready to start high school. Of Any all things. So that was, uh, that was good, right? Because you were getting out of middle school and going, was high school better? Uh, no. God, no. Are you <laughs> fucking crazy? I'm sorry. I forgot. I thought high school was, was a, went better for you than the middle school Not experience. freshman year of high. It was like uh, high school was middle school with an attitude. High school was middle school on steroids. It was it was just really it took all the middle school things and made them so much worse because now you had you had three levels above you, not just one, three levels above you. My sister was in the school. Mm-hmm. She was a few levels above. She didn't me. protect you. Eh, what was she going to do? You know what I mean? Oh, she's a tough gal. She's very tough, and she was an athlete and everything else. But you know, the the uh, the 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 like I said, I think in a previous episode, the the what we see in Can't Buy Me Love, and we'll talk about this, the sort of stratification of the of mm. the school society doesn't doesn't really stop affecting me until junior year. Um, but freshman and sophomore year, oh my god, it was difficult. It was just really difficult because. Uh, you know, sweatpants were still in. You know what I mean? I wore sweatpants and sweatshirts to school, and I had this hair and glass. Who is sending me to school this way? Who is letting me leave the house looking like a cross between Jimmy Durante, Einstein, and uh, Big Bird? I mean, I just look. Uh, I got called every adorable. name in the book. Yeah. Oh, my God. For a good chunk of time. When did Revenge of the Nerds come out? 84. Oh, that's years before this. Well, for yeah. a good chunk but, of time, I was- Revenge still- of the Nerds 2 came out 87. Oh, okay. So well, were, a, were you, did they call you Poindexter? Absolutely. Oh. Every single day, Poindexter this, Poindexter I got called Lamar, that. oddly enough. <laughs> why so were you know called why. Lamar? The javelin guy? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, you're ridiculous. <laughs> I got called Anthony Edwards. You never had any idea why. Uh, um, so that, and then I worked with uh, the guy who played Poindexter, Timothy, Bu- Timothy Busfield, Oh, wow. Years later. From 30 yeah, he's something. a big director. He directs all the time. Yeah, he directed me on, on a TV show. Uh, and he's married to Half Pint. Did you know that? He's, he's married to Melissa uh, Gilbert. Melissa Gilbert? Really? Yeah. Half Pint, oh, wow. who was my childhood crush and still is to this day, is wow. married to Timothy Buffield. Um, so, yeah, so that was me that. going into high school and uh, scared shitless, scared to death 
about what was going to happen because the clock was ticking. We were about to start. You know, we were in August and September was going to come and it was time to go to high school. And it was like, please don't let me. I don't want to be with those kids. Ah, oh. Crying every day. So it wasn't like you, the, the bowling team didn't offer you any protection? <laughs> Uh, you I had to, your satin jacket. Yet another school? thing I had to had to struggle with, or or you know be, put pressure and stress on upon myself. You had to you had to get in. You had to get on the bowling team. My sister oh. was already on, and they were like the state champs, and she was like the softball state champs and everything yeah, else. Yeah, so that's I true. had to like oh, not you know I had to um, do the tryout. I that's tried right, out that's, for a bunch that's of when, stuff. That's when like sports, the kids start to fall away from sports because before that yes. it's all rec stuff and it's like, you you want to do it, you do it. And then around that time of like eighth, ninth grade, yep. that's when they start getting much more competitive and the kids yeah. start to fall away from it. And wow. I had always done rec baseball, little league baseball. I was never any good, but I tried out for the baseball team my freshman year of high school and m- made it by the skin of my oh, teeth. Wow. I was the that's last, great. last, last guy and sat the bench most of the season, but I made so I did baseball and bowling of all things. And uh, I was in the band and stuff. So, you know, I was starting to get, you know, find my little high school groups and things like that. But man, it was all just terrifying. I really felt for those kids in Can't Buy Me Love. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, You know what Especially I was thinking about kid, you yeah. when I saw that? Because we talked about, I think it was last week, we talked about the whole, you know, the different cliques and everything mm-hmm. and the strata's oh, there. Yeah. This so whole movie's that. about it. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah, weird, yeah. the weird science week I thought we had. Did you guys do sports? You didn't that do That was sports. a weird science, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you didn't do sports, did you, Fred? I played soccer. Oh, you did do soccer. Oh, yeah, okay. I played okay. soccer pretty much since I was a kid all through high school. And then I, oh, I wow. quit my senior year. Well, I quit and got kicked off. No, I, I, I quit. <laughs> I quit. Off. I got kicked off and then I quit immediately. <laughs> I, said, I said, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> and then you put your balls away. And then they said. <laughs> that's for everything I do. It's crazy. <laughs> what was, was going on with you, Fred? What was that summer for you? Oh, God. I was going into my sophomore year. Um, I was, of course, hanging out at the VBC. Although, oh. although, oh, although God. I was reminded that the Village Bath Club, and I think it was this year, was so remember I, I spoke about that woman, Adele, who, mm-hmm. you know, yes. when, when my parents did the whole Africa ploy. Right. So her and a few other members bought the Village Bath Club and they renamed it. And I think that might have been the year they renamed it. They turned it to um, the Manhasset Country Club. Because I guess much they thought the she, Village she Bath Club sounding, sounded yeah. too much like a weird yeah. gay like, bathhouse. Like village, yeah, village Bath Club <laughs> sounds too gay. We want it to sound more white. <laughs> so, yeah, so Country Club. It was the Manhattan Country Club, so the MCC. So I was doing there. And I was also, and I think I talked about this. I might have talked about this in another episode. Um, I was teaching at the Horizons program at the New York Institute of Technology. Mm-hmm. And I was teaching film and television. Uh, and it was my first, oh yes, I did talk about it, but you cut it out of the episode. So I'm going to talk about it again. And then and I'll cut it can't... out of this one too. It just, <laughs> you just keep, keep trying. <laughs> got to get the story is, in. The problem is we don't believe that you were at, around any place that had technology in the title. Yeah. <laughs> no, this was, uh. They don't let dummies in these places. I don't, I was a dummy. No, I, I weaseled my way in and I literally did oh, have to weasel you. my way in because, so this was a campus. At near, I literally near, brought a weasel. No, well, I had to, they didn't want, they didn't want to hire me because I went there for several years as a camper and it was a film and television program. And it was awesome. We'd make movies all summer long. And actually that place, I really credit, I learned so much about 
like 70s movies. I remember my first year there, my first two years, there was this one kid who was older than me. And like, I remember our first episode, we talked about Sorcerer a lot. That's where I first saw the movie Sorcerer. <laughs> you know, and I saw a bunch of like William Friedkin movies. You know, I was like this little kid, but there were older kids there in the film and TV program that summer. And they were introducing to me to all this, like that's sort of how I got introduced to, um, did I get introduced to was no, it, Blade Runner was before, but like Joshua uh, Friedkin was like, you have to see this other movie by exactly. William Friedkin. <laughs> exactly. I was like, is this your dad? Uh, no, no, it doesn't no, matter no, if we're no, related. No. He just wants me to get the films into the hands of as many people as possible is what I was told. And that's why I'm here. At the Horizons program. <laughs> but it was great. But I went there for several years. And then my, so the summer before this, was like my wild year. And I remember I, me and some of my friends, we, we were practical jokers and I had, and I didn't get along the guy who, who ran the camp. And I can't remember his name. He was a big burly dude with a big Afro and a big beard. He's sort of, he's like, it was like a Grizzly Adams type. And he did not <laughs> like me. He did not like my, my wise acre attitude and, on the last day, I had did he seen, hang out with Denver Pyle and a Native American and a bear? Because if it, that was Grizzly Adams, that was Grizzly Adams. Oh, that would explain out with those things. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> but he he like, didn't like what? me. My last my last day of camp, I wore a shirt that said Van Halen kicks ass because that was the fifty one fifty tour, and I went and I wore that, and he was like, "You can't wear that," and I refused to take it off, and he kept pulling me out of the camp and say, you got to take it off. And we, we, we're going back and forth fighting. Because he so, didn't like Hagar Van Halen. He, he hated, against- hey, that was it. He hated, no, he didn't like that. It said Van Halen kicks ass. <laughs> oh, it said ass I thought he was like, that's not real Van Halen. Real Van Halen's David Lee Roth. Don't even talk to me about the third guy. Was the third guy there? <laughs> yeah. Sharon. Yeah. Oh, God. If that were the case, I would have agreed with him. But okay. so we, we, we're really, we really butted heads. And then the next summer when I wanted to get a job there, I remember I had to go in with my parents and sit down with them. And he's like, I don't know, you were a real problem last year. You were a pain in my ass. And so I got hired, uh, on sort of like a, you know, a test run basis, but it, it worked out and it went really well. And I had a lot of fun there. And I, did you was, wear the shirt on the last day? Please say yes. <laughs> Just to spite Sucky him. Grizzly Adams, Hagar <laughs> rules. <laughs> Oh, you ate one too, motherfucker. <laughs> and then you sang Pound Cake on your way Exactly. Out. No, no. For the record, David Lee Roth, Van Halen is the only Van Halen. I'm just going to oh, say oh, that. Of course. That goes without saying. I know. But uh, yeah, so that was my summer. I was doing uh, I was doing that. I was going to see Rocky Horror Picture Show a lot. Were I you one to, of the people who did was, that a lot? Yeah, I was one of the- not, I not would a not lot. have pegged you for that. Wow. Yeah, I th- it was around that summer, the summer before. Yeah, we, I mean, a couple of my- my uh, VBC, or I should I say, my MCC friends got into it, so we were going to see that a lot, and just yeah, getting ready to to go into the old tenth uh, grade. Wow, wow, <laughs> yeah. Jason, yeah. you must have been so going to eleventh cool. then, Jason. I was going into eleventh grade. I was, mm-hmm. uh, I think this is my first the sum, first summer that I had a job. I worked at the at the public library that summer. That was my first job working at the Comac. Public library. Were you shushing people? Were you constantly shushing? No, I was. I was getting shushed all the time. Yeah, that's a bad place for somebody like me. I love the library. I love love going to the library. I Your love, voice tends to carry. 
It does. So I would, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to be hushed. hushed down. Yeah, I was, a, I was a page, a library page. And it just, it just meant you did everything around, you know, like you just kind of. Did you know like, the Dewey Decimal System? I did. Yeah. We had to like, we had the, the card catalog, had to like Remember go through. And, oh, I just got, I could smell it. You said that and I can smell it. Oh, yeah. card had catalog. to update oh, the yeah. card catalog wow. and stuff. And spend hours like reorganize i mean it was it was it was i loved it i loved the library oh, i'm such a nerd you're like fred's like yeah well i was going to rocky horror and i'm like you know i'm getting in wearing wearing profane t-shirts and getting into fights with the higher-ups and i knew i knew joshua friedkin and i'm like uh I'm like, I enjoyed the library from an earlier age. And, I went back um, and then forth I went from my back. grandmother's house to the <laughs> video store to the library. Yeah. Nerds! 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 I was obsessed with everything coming out this because I was writing. I was the uh, the film editor for my high school newspaper. And so I did the. Uh, <gasps> I so was I, too. So I was like in charge, like I did, did all the, the movie, movie reviews. reviews for the for the high school paper. And wow. I was writing at this time. I was probably writing like the big summer wrap up article so that it could be. You guys were like first. rivals, maybe. We could probably well, sure. could have been, could have been like the Siskel and Ebert if we had <laughs> had the gumption. I yeah. did reviews of like, here's what's hot at the video store. And I would tell them, you know, really, you should check out, you know, ah. places in the heart. Things high school students would never see. <laughs> right. Never see in a thousand years. No, you I know? would. Uh, I would Everyone's yeah. talking about uh, the fat boys, but Danny Glover <laughs> in places of the heart. Uh, now there's a performance. I mean, he could lose a few, but. <laughs> I beg your pardon. This is a, a hard summer for me because, you know, as a, a lifelong Superman fan, I was very excited. Oh. For Superman four to come out, which yeah. uh, came out the month before, and I was looking forward to it for like a year Ooh. and building up my anticipation for it, oh. and like the coolest, nicest, sweetest, most beautiful girl in school. She was like a senior. I was like when I was a freshman. I think when I was a freshman, she was a senior. Oh no, yeah, I, when I was a freshman, she was a senior. She graduated. We had become friends. Because uh, her younger sister was in my grade and she was just the loveliest person. And then she was like in college and then came back that summer. She was a huge Superman fan. And we went to go see Superman four together. It wasn't a date in my mind. I wished, you know, I was like, oh, my God. this. I mean, she was like a cheerleader. She was she was like, you know, as popular as a popular girl can get. And she was always was so kind to me when I was, you know, when I was this little freshman. I forget how we even you can't just steal the plot of one of the movies we watched this week and say this was my life. Well, I mean, Are you, Fred, remember when you, you and I were disorderlies and we were 350 pounds and we took care of Ralph Bellamy? <laughs> you can't just steal a plot. I'm not stealing it. It was an actual, you know, it was an actual friendship. How much did you and, pay this woman to go see Superman for the quest for peace? Well, I, you know, I probably tried to pay for the ticket. So and you were what, a Russian spy too, right? <laughs> that was, that's what you're going to tell us now? Spoiler alert. You're going to make me Mr. Falcon that? Um, Listen. Well, let's talk about other unhappy teens, shall we? Uh, and start, start the week off with our first movie, Can't Buy Me Love. Can't Buy Me Love. Cindy Mancini and Ronald Miller live on the same street, but they're in totally different worlds. Wouldn't you like to be popular? Cindy's hot, Ronald's not, but he's got a plan that could change all that. I want to rent you. Rent me? Yeah. You pretend you like me, and we go out for just a few weeks. Just going out with me is not going to make you popular. 
Well, I have a thousand dollars. It says it will. It's the comedy that proves a thousand dollars can buy popularity, but it can't buy me love. It's such a such a heartbreaker. Ronald Miller played by Patrick Dempsey, is tired of being a nerd and makes a deal with one of the most popular girls in school, Cindy Mancini, played by Amanda Peterson, to help him break into the cool clique. He offers her $1,000 to pretend to be his girlfriend for a month. His plan succeeds, but he soon learns that the price of popularity may be higher than he expected. Directed by Steve Rash, Can't Buy Me Love earned $4.7 million over its opening weekend on its way to a total take of $31.6 million. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of Can't Buy Me Love? I mean, I have a weird special fondness for the movie. I remember I saw it when it came out. I, I know I saw it many times on cable. I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater. It's it's not a very good movie, uh, it's weird. I know it in rewatching it. I just couldn't believe how well I knew it. Like, I mean, I, I know this movie. I just, I saw huh. it so many times. You're He's, a Patrick Dempsey type. I consider you a Patrick Dempsey type. Someone, you know, Kate someone, said while we were watching it, Kate was like, that looks like Fred. <laughs> I, I remember being in a dentist's office once and <laughs> the, the dental technician literally had her fist in my mouth. I'm not even joking. She's trying to shut this, you up. This is one of those dental technicians that talked nonstop, but she didn't ask yes or no questions, which like that's how you could survive in a dentist's office when you have someone's fist in your mouth. She asked me questions that she wanted full-blown answers to. And she said this was right when, what the, what the, what's the, Grey's Anatomy, that, you know, this is when that show first started and mm -hmm. he was big and everyone was called, you know, what's his name, McDreamy, they call him now, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And um, she's like, oh, you should, you could play McDreamy's brother. Would, would, would you want to do that? Would you ever want to be that? And then she started to ask me all these would questions about McDreamy. <laughs> and they were, no, I, I mean, would never that was, want that gig. Yeah. <laughs> nah. I like nah. that she asked you questions about McDreamy. What, who do you think he's going to end up with? What yeah. She kept going on and on and on. But anyway, so I've heard of, I, I don't think I'm as, I think he's, he's a dashing young man at the time he wasn't when he was time. dorky and geeky. Yes. I, I can see that resemblance, but Good. I, you know what? I liked him in the movie. I thought he was doing sort of a different type of thing. <laughs> the face from Jason. If it's not I, Zach Galligan, you're not buying him. That's yeah, what Galligan should have oh, all these parts. He's fine. He's fine. It's a. It's not a good movie. It's, it's not a, a good and movie. And I saw it opening weekend too, and I remembered it fondly. I had. I was wow. like, "Oh, can't buy me love." That's a funny movie. I'm watching it. I'm like, wow. "Where's a laugh? Where's no. a joke? No, Where's there's anything? not one chuckle." Come on, Seth Green getting Seth, farted on a bunch. That's Seth right. Green. I, Seth Green. I only in the credits I saw it. Seth Green. I was like, I was like, oh my god, that little that that he literally looks like a, a, a puppet from Ghoulies <laughs> imbued with the spirit of Jackie Mason. I was like, who is this? He's like a yeah, he's like a sixty year old Catskills like comedian. Weird puppet. Yeah, yeah, he's a wise he human. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but you know, yes, and, he and, was the funniest part of the movie. I'm talking cheerleaders, football players. Local socialites? He's not even associating with Kenneth anymore. Come on, Chucky. I think it's groovy that he's making new friends. He's allowed to have fun. He is. Besides, I was talking to my dad. It's like the dude's not weird anymore. The kid who played Kenneth, I, I, I felt really bad for him. And that was the, the best Malachi character from in the Children movie. of the Corn. Malachi from Children of the Corn, exactly. That's all I could think about. Yeah, all I could so think about was like, all these kids are 35, just like in every John Hughes movie and every <laughs> everything, 902 and up. They all look 37 and they all look like heavy, heavy smokers. And, uh, and Malachi is like, I'm the nerd. I'm like, no, you're fucking Malachi. You're going to kill them all with a scythe. 
So he's also, when he's he that kid, that. Uh, the uh, the kind of attempted date rapist from Back to the Future, right? He's the one who like, oh yes, he's <gasps> the one who like wrestles Leah Thompson out of uh, Crispin Glover's You're arms so at the very right. end. Because yep. I kept wondering, I was like, why do I know this kid's face? Because I don't know Children of the Corn, so I was like, why oh. do I know this actor? And yeah. I'm like, oh, it's from that. I liked <laughs> him when he said, "You shit, you shit on my house." I gotta give him, I gotta give him props. The script says, <laughs> "You shit on my house four times in a row." Yeah. And he sold it as be, it as well as any teenager or thirty five year old. I don't know how old the guy was. <laughs> as well as anybody he could. It off. You shit on my house, man. No. You shit on my house. I just thought it didn't make. You know, in the beginning, he taught, and I thought this even when I saw it. But he talks in the beginning like, "I just want to be popular. I want to get in there. I want to get in there. I want to get in there." And then you know he gets in there, and then once it's it's over, you know he's. Sort of like, all right, see you later. I'm so happy I'm a popular. But then in the end, he's got this whole heartfelt speech. He's like, no, it's just about you. I just wanted to be with you. And I'm like, no, you didn't. No, you, you never, you never did. I never, that's the thing about it, right? You're like, <laughs> it didn't even have that kind of conceit of like, well, he really likes her, but he can't imagine that she would be with him. So when the signals come, he doesn't recognize them or, yeah. you know, it, I mean, that's the right. sitcom trope of the thing. But it, it just seems like he's calculated this girl, Amanda Peterson, is the actress. She is she is the popular person. He's done his homework. He's done his math. He's like, if she is seen with me, then ergo, I become popular. And it's just kind of an equation to him. I never saw I maybe I'm forgetting. I, I don't remember anything about like him being like, oh, gosh, I, I really like her. And, and no, he well, was just he they look at her in the beginning. And they're like, wow, you know, that's what you need. A, a you know, a hot car and, and, and a cheerleader. Right. But they do have a connection, though. I mean, they do, they do they connect, do. you know, and so I think by the end of the movie, he's going, you know, all this other shit that I was obsessed with doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is our actual real true connection, which you see. You do see that. that I see it do. more on her part. I guess that's why it didn't kind okay. of work for me is that I was like, well, I can see that she was opening herself up and right. feeling something. I mean, he took yeah, her that's to true. that. That's the, true. You never really the, see it with him. You You're never right. really see it with him, except that he takes her to that place, the air, the um, the airplane graveyard, graveyard or whatever. Yeah. And and so they they bond over that. But you never see him open up in the same way that she opens up to him. So I get why she starts to have feelings that then, you know, yeah. uh, are well, she yeah. but she yeah. changes. Yeah. She she mm-hmm. has an arc there and he doesn't really, you know, I mean, he he starts out as a nerd. He turns into a dick and then he goes back to being a nerd. Yeah. She sort of she opens up and learns to see people for who they really are and. But yeah, I liked her. I like that girl. I don't know what, I else, she what else did she do anything? I, I, I'm well, sure. She died. I know. Uh, <gasps> several years ago. Yeah. She, uh, of, I think what? of a morphine overdose. Oh no. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. Why would I, why would I say that? Why would I just be like, oh, well, she <laughs> died true. of a morphine overdose. And then it, Only kidding. asking you no, literally if she's you're fine. telling a joke. Just joshing. Friedkin. <laughs> just joshing just, just with Fred Bourbon. <laughs> no, no, she died of heroin. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I, she, I thought she was very good, but I, I think the the movie does her no favors either. Up front, she's given the heavy lifting of being like, "Oh God, I don't want to be seen with this guy," and then almost immediately being not just okay with it, but really treating him like this is my boyfriend. Like you, like really, it's only begrudging for a moment. When she when she first they show up at the school together and you know she's yeah, like but she doesn't fall for him till the airplane thing 
She may not and fall looking for at him. The stars. Yeah, no, I didn't think she was in love with him too early on. I just thought she was nicer and more accommodating and brought him too quickly and comfortably into her okay. world. Too front. nice, too soon. Kind too of nice, thing. too soon. Yeah, yeah okay. like it made it too easy. There was no. That's what I wrote down. There was there wasn't enough tension or conflict in that. Yeah. Like, how do we make this thing work? How do well, we because make this I think work? structurally the movie wants to get to the point where he's the dick. And then that's the biggest chunk of the movie is his downfall. You know what I mean? His sort of slow, steady downfall. You yeah. know, And then at the party, he basically get the whole thing gets revealed when she's drunk. And then uh, he, he hits hits the skids. But uh, um, so I got to say, I, I did feel really bad for him in that point. Did you? Oof. Yeah. You know why? And maybe I it's, didn't. I was like, and then he I was cried like, his way through the rest of the movie. I was like, you were an utter and complete ass bag. And now yeah. you're like, and now you found out. And now I'm going to cry everywhere and in every scene with everybody. <laughs> why does he lay down in a barn and cry in the middle? I couldn't figure out what was happening there. Because no, he's, he's an, an animal. Like he's an because animal. He, why? Because where is Where is <laughs> He came home Where is and his he? family, he came home. It was a New Year's Eve party. His family was throwing a New Year's Eve party and he looks in and he's like, oh, they're all having fun and I'm an asshole. So I'm going to go sleep in our shed. Yeah. I was like, oh, poor baby. That's his own shed? <laughs> yeah. That's at his yeah. house. It was, it was New Year's. Why did he his- do that? Because he didn't want to go in. He, he felt want, bad. Why? He was ostracized. It's his fucking house. No, he didn't want to go Nobody and have in to his listen. his house knows. He, that's not his party. Is that where the party was? Because he knew. He knew his life was over. Once he, it's like, that was thing. it. It's like, I don't deserve to be in a warm bed in the house now. Oh, now I deserve oh, to just lay. Oh, he's self-punishing? I self-punishing? think so. I, I did think. a lot of that. I did a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you, you probably relate to this movie so much. I did. I did kind of relate to it. I mean, honestly. I did to a certain extent as well like that. And that's what I thought. That's what I thought they got right was that feeling. Oh. And as stupid as it was at times there and I and you're sort of like, why does he even want to hang out with these guys? Because they're all dicks. Like all the jocks were dicks. They were awful actors. What? But it doesn't matter. <laughs> he should have not wanted to hang out for them just for that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is that oh, these guys obviously don't know Meisner. <laughs> no, but there's that feeling, you know, you you don't think rationally sometimes at that age, even though you're like, oh, these yeah. people are so unlikable, but they're popular. Well, let me ask you this. Did you guys ever feel that way? And was there that one girl who was like. Like the angels sang and the, the the heavens parted when she walks mm-hmm. down the hallway. You know what I mean? Like the, she was just like, like the, there's no, like she's in a completely different strata. Untouchable. Like I, I can't, if I even speak to her, uh, you know, I will be, I will be uh, punched in the face by somebody. Was there that person? There certainly was sp- for me. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think I ever feared getting punched in the face, but <laughs> it sounds like you went to a much rougher school than I did. Okay. Well, so I'm because from you're Jersey, saying, first you're, you're, of all. You're saying like, that, like like some jock's girlfriend that you were like afraid, like if I, right? I mean, that, that, that would I'm be saying. the Within the, kind the of, strata of the, of the school, yeah. you know what I mean? There, there, sure. are, there are this sort of societal levels and layers and there's like the people that you just don't talk to because someone will maybe not come over and punch you but come over and say who the fuck are you why are you talking to this person or at least that was your perception you know what i mean i remember i have a very vivid memory of mistakenly um trying to get my books what i thought were my books out of out of the wrong locker (gasps) you know what i mean (laughs) that's that's a scene from freaks and geeks oh really sam weir does that and it's um 
Rashida Jones plays like the older guy. It's such a crush on Rashida. She's wearing a Journey shirt too. So I'm like, oh, I love you. <laughs> Fred but, didn't know any, not real girls in high school, but Rashida Jones is who he'll use for your example. Like, I can remember looking at Rashida Jones on TV and feeling like I wanted to talk to her. What are you doing? That's my locker. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I, th I thought it was mine. See, this is mine. I just got hit in the solar plexus, so I'm a little out of it. Yeah, I don't want to hear your life story, okay? I want you to move your ass. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, it may as well have been because I was like, these aren't my books. And she was kind of standing right there. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, sorry, so sorry. <laughs> I put the books back and she like slammed the locker and like walked <laughs> away. And I was like, Jesus, it was a mistake. It was an honest mistake. You know, of was, she like say a, was she a super popular girl? Was she like some I unattainable beauty? <laughs> I, I don't know. I she ran with that crowd for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was That's like literally funny. a scene from Freaks and Geeks. That's exactly what happened. I'm they telling you, this happened you. to me. They stole it from me. God damn it. Or did you steal it from them? I'm telling you, I didn't. Jason stole his whole childhood from this from this movie, <laughs> allegedly. I would talk to all those girls i would befriend i would be friends with them i was friends with all these oh, right popular you were popular no but i you wasn't smart. But no, i was, was never smart. i asked one of the most popular girls in school a year before my junior prom i asked this girl who was a year older than me to go to the junior prom with me and she said yes this friend of mine she said yes beautiful popular girl cheerleader all the stuff i asked her i was her friend and i was like a year before she was going to her junior prom with whoever she was dating at that time and i was like hey Will you go to my junior prom? Want to go to my junior prom next year? She was like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll go to your junior prom. And she kept that date. This is what a weirdo I am. She kept that date with me. By the time we had my junior prom, she was dating another guy in the junior class. But she was like, I already I told Jason a long time ago I would go with him. She did not go to the junior prom with her boyfriend was Jason. And I did Jason not let her go. Like I, and then okay. a kid yeah, came we're up to me. getting a clearer picture here. You were the stud of your school. No, not at all. But I, another win. kid, another kid came up to me at one point and he was like, hey, uh, you're not going to actually go with her. And I was like, yeah. She said, yeah. This is another God popular right kid. I am. This is like another guy on the football team. He was like, why? She's dating so-and-so. I was like, yeah, but, you know, she said she'd go with me, and, you know, so she's going to go with me. Did you allow, and, did you? And he did, was mad because now the other guy was taking his girlfriend. He's like, no, but he's like, <laughs> he was like, why are you doing that? He got so mad at me. He was like, you don't understand. It's like, it just became this weird domino effect domino of like effect. people going out with God, oh, some girlfriend. weird, like 70s Cassavetes God. movie going on so, now. But now when I think of it in retrospect, I'm like, what did you think was going to happen? I guess some, I must've had some fantasy that like, no, we'll go to the prom and then you know, I must have had we'll some movie playing together. in my mind that like, yeah, hey, we're all going to take a shower. No. <laughs> were, the, were their names Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> it was a very platonic, it wound up being just a very fun platonic night. But it, well, I guess I must have had some thought that like, if I can get her to keep this date, maybe I have a future with her or something. And I, but I, <gasps> I'm still to this and day, I'm like, I can't believe she didn't say to me. Hey, you know I'm dating some. You know, like I, I can't really go with you. Because she, knew she, she liked you, you stupid. She liked you. You're, you're, you're saying you can't believe Dempsey can't see the signals. She's giving you every single signal in the book. Yeah, it's true. I, I was not good at seeing signals. But I mean, you were good. You not. had, I, you had what I think Dan and I lacked. You had confidence. 
and a yes. lack of self-consciousness. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That means yes. I can embarrass myself to any degree. Yeah, but, but, but to great dividend. I mean, look what happened. I know. I never would have had the guts to have done that. You're like, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. That's great. Had a nice party. You could buy me love. No, that makes no <laughs> <I> sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, this movie, um, I, I think that, I, uh, wow, I, I'm blown away by all of this, Jason. I mean, you, 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 this movie brought back a lot of things for me, bad memories, but of it brought back tremendously good memories for you, I'm assuming. And for you too, Fred? No, I, I more of the bad memories because I. <laughs> Good. Okay. So what I thought this podcast was from the beginning was Jason and I were simpatico and Fred, you were the cool dude. It has <laughs> totally reversed now. It's like, this is the, this is the, this is a complete reversal. This is that's, totally I mean, I wasn't, right. That's I wasn't it. tortured uh, in school, but I just sort of, I think I was just sort of floated in the middle, but I didn't. You know, I certainly wasn't in the popular clique or group at all by any means, but I, you know, I, I, I guess I recognized, like I said, there are times when you just don't have that logic and you're like, I do, would I, do I really want to hang out with these people? Probably not. I like playing D and D and listening to, you know, Zeppelin with my friends and doing all this stuff, but what am I missing? You know, and that's what he says to Kenneth. He's like, there's got, isn't there more out there? And there, I I, I empathize with that. And then also at the end, I mean, I have this weird thing. I have nightmares about this, like a recurring nightmare of being ostracized and everyone turning on you. Mm. And so maybe that's why I felt sympathy for him at the end. That's just like, oh shit, that's gotta be awful. Like what a terrible feeling to know that everyone's against you. But it all worked out because what this movie has and I forgot about is maybe the first, if not the first, definitely the best slow clap sequence. Yes, I was going to say, is this the first slow clap ever? I don't know if, what oh came out God. first, this or Lucas. I think Lucas probably because Lucas had a slow clap oh, moment it? as well. But this was like this was a slow clap. Mo- Lucas, it was just because he he survives death. He gets crushed in the football game and he survives death and walks down the hall. This is a slow clap moment. Like wow, you've. You've taught us all. You've changed our minds. You've I changed get, our minds. I always get Lucas and Rudy confused. Are they two different movies? Oh, that's two what I had in my head. Was What's, yeah. Lucas? What's Lucas? Lucas is with uh, Corey Haim, and he plays the young sort of outcast kid, and he falls for, uh, what's her name? Not Carrie Russell. She was in the, the girl from the Goonies. You're right. Um, yes, yes, yes. I know what you're the red hair, about. And Charlie Sheen is in it. Charlie Sheen yes. befriends I, him. Yes. Is he a robot? And, it's, it turned out he's a robot. No, that's small wonder. That's something different. <laughs> no, no. There is a movie about a kid who they he turns out to be a robot. What? No. That's a different movie, that's, I think. No, that's this is no, he's just Corey Haim. He's sweet Corey Haim. It's Hame. called Daryl. Daryl. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. with Henry Thomas. That's not Lucas. No. Okay. Lucas, Daryl, and Rudy are all <laughs> <laughs> That's the the Fat Boys will play them all in uh <laughs> so at least two. Stick them. Ha, 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 stick them. What I like about the movie and I, what I like about his little speech at the end is when he goes, none of this matters, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he wears the shirt that says you are here with the galaxy on it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like mm. you are fucking infinitesimal in the grand scheme of things. Mm. None of this shit matters. You're a speck, you know? And there's freedom in that. And there's joy in that of, of like we have created all these rules for each other that in a literally in one year when we go to college, that won't matter. And that is exactly the way I felt when I met you guys, you know, in college because I got to college. Yeah. And it no one knew my history. 
No one knew Poindexter. No one knew any of these mm. things. All you got, you guys saw me for me, and boom! It all, well, I saw you. That, I, well, I thought you cute. were the gardener <laughs> oh. of the college. I thought, I thought you were a, yeah. a forty-year-old <laughs> law student coming. I was like, why is he trying to take all our parts? The man's a menace. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted more roller disco scenes with Ralph Bellamy. Well, you're about to get them, my what? friend. You, your wish, my command. God. Oh, sweet Jesus. It's disorderlies. <laughs> if the three stooges made you laugh yourself sick, <laughs> the fat boys could put you in the hospital. In disorderlies, this greedy nephew is having unhealthy thoughts about his rich uncle. When he dies, I'm going to inherit everything. What? What I need are the worst orderlies in the history of nursing care. If the three stooges crack you up... <laughs> The Fat Boys will fracture you. In Disorderly, they're three of the biggest heroes you'll ever meet. Winslow Lowry, played by General Hospital's Anthony Geary, is a gambling addict determined to get his hands on the fortune of his ailing and very wealthy uncle, Albert Dennison, played by Ralph Bellamy. As a way to hasten Uncle Albert's demise, Winslow puts him in the care of three hapless orderlies, Buffy, Marky, and Cool, also known as the Fat Boys, played by the Fat Boys, Darren Robinson, Damon Wimbley, and Mark Morales. But... To everyone's surprise, their jolly dispositions and complete and utter ineptitude actually make the elderly man feel better. When Winslow steps up his devious efforts, can the trio stop him? Oh, God. Blessed with the production values of a snuff film, Disorderlies <laughs> made $2.7 million over its opening weekend on its way to a truly miraculous $10.3 million worldwide. Wow. Fred and Dan. I'm shocked it made 10.3. Wow. Fred and Dan. Woo, woo. What'd you guys think oh. of Disorderlies? This was a, this was so, this was really disappointing. And I mean, really, <laughs> really? disappointing. Well, I did went you go in, in with high expectations. I didn't go with high expectations, but I expected to have some fun. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like I liked the Fat Boys. I had Crushing. I had that album. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I listened to All You Can Eat and Stick 'Em and all those great, you know, all those great songs. That because I was, you know, and everybody was into Run DMC and Curtis Blow and all of that. And and they had that great Wipeout, <laughs> um, which oh, yeah. shows up in the soundtrack for half a second. And the Beach Boys have a little cameo. They don't do anything, mm -hmm. um, unfortunately. But I was like, oh, this this ought to be some fun. And man, man, oh man, it just wasn't. It I, started. It seemed like. When you go ahead, Jason. It's no, no, I was I, thinking. I, I know ahead. what you're going to say. It started. It started. And then it I, just I, start, I had a big smile on my face when yeah, it started. What? And I yeah. no, and, and when it's at, when at it the first very, started, literally the very, very beginning, Fred. Yeah, I was like them dancing with the old people in yeah, their original. Yeah, for a second, home. I was like, is this going to be some crazy fun or something? I mean, I laughed out loud and smiled. For two seconds, and then as soon as Anthony Geary came on screen, it all went. It fell into. It fell beyond fat guy goes nutsoid territory. I mean, it, <laughs> it is like the some of the weakest filmmaking. I mean, the, the shots where scenes where there's a scene where we we cut to Anthony Geary talking to his manservant, played by Tony Plana. Plana. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how to say his He's last in a lot name. Of movies and and. And Anthony Geary's holding this uh, a magnifying glass 
and he's holding it and, and he's, and, and then he has to be taken out of his hand and put down. And I'm like, well, clearly you needed better coverage because uh, you know, you something, he did something with a magnifying glass that you cut out of the movie. And now you're starting a scene with a man with a magnifying glass for no discernible reason. I mean, there's a lot of bad filmmaking, like choppy, shitty editing you and stuff like that. Read my mind, Jason. And I think I know why, but, but I was just saying, like, I just think it, it was like, it was uh, abysmal. It was like really bad. Oh. I laughed a few times out of like the shock of certain things. Like, yeah. like the, like the final moment where Ralph Bell, me and the fat boys all high five and then it, and then it just says the end i just thought it was <laughs> oh my god you know, there were things that made oh me laugh god. because of how horrible they were yeah. but it well, was like you, that it was like watching you fat know what guy it was goes nuts again in college. <laughs> it was and i'm not saying this to to pump it up I, I thought it was fucking dreadful i mean i have two notes i wrote <laughs> disorderlies Oh, fuck you. Why? <laughs> Question mark. That was it. Everything else I remember up my, but like it was, it was, it was obviously, it was a Three Stooges movie and yes. they were trying they to, and it was very that. much, I mean, he, he says right in the beginning, Anthony Gear, he's, he's like, these, those orderlies are too damn good. Which like, <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. That's because the right. whole, the whole premise is he wants Ralph Bellamy to die, but mm-hmm. the orderlies are too damn good. So that's I have right. to find the the worst orderlies in the history of nursing care. Yeah. And that to me is like such a setup of like a Three Stooges movie yeah. or like a Marx Brothers movie. That's what they thought they were making. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, they <laughs> because are. Because people now, live or die based on the bedpan and how it's placed. <laughs> I mean, come on. No, but you know what I mean? Like the, the plots of Three Stooges movies. There's oh, no yes, plots absolutely. to those. It's just like, let's set something up to get these three right. idiots it's involved. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Which so they were really trying fun. to. And it just, but they're just awful. Like, they, and, and, oh, yeah. you know, these guys are rappers and they were pretty well respected for their music. You know, I wasn't a, a huge fan, but I, I know that, you know, they sort of started the whole beatboxing revolution. If, yep. if I, I might be incorrect in that, but that you're, was my no, assumption. You're right. Yeah. And they were, they were pretty big. They don't do anything in the movie. No. There's one song, yeah. like, an hour and 10 minutes in. Yeah. And that was my favorite part. It's ridiculous. And they're so bad. And it's so Jesus Christ. The moment when Ralph Bellamy, when they go to the roller disco, which just went, it was that, that scene was fucking endless, (laughs) endless. And there's that shot. And the girl is like on his lap and there's a close up, an awful close up, like worse than mystery men close up of his eyes. And you hear a cartoon boing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's all these cartoon sounds. What the fuck? You just did a sound effect for Ralph Bellamy getting a boner. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly right. Exactly and, and, right. and and the close up is so close that again, talk about the editing. It makes me think that they didn't have the shot and that it was a shot of him saying something or that something, whatever his mouth was doing, the lower half of his face wouldn't have matched the moment. So they <laughs> yes. zoomed in, you know, they cropped it to just see his it. eyes. So they yeah. had something to cut to. It yeah, you're probably right. You, na- you nailed it, Jason, when you said coverage earlier. Yeah. This movie is shot almost entirely is made up almost entirely of master shots. <laughs> yeah. And we've done enough, you know, things to know that you have a master, which is a long shot, either full body or knees up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's something you can cut back to. 
Then you do some medium shots, some medium close-ups, and some close-ups. This movie has almost none of those. It's all (laughs) masters. It's all long takes and long shots that they sewed together. And my theory is that they had five seconds to shoot this thing. I think they shot this in a week, and they went, okay, we got it. Move on. Next one. Okay, got it. Move on. Yep, we'll put it. We we didn't do any close-ups, any medium close-ups. We have nothing to cut to or cut away from. Don't worry about it. It's all masters. It's all, you know. There's a close-up of the boobs bouncing on the treadmill with boing-boing sounds. Oh, my God. But I think that Jason's right. I think they literally blew up something within the frame because it doesn't look That's right what it whenever, like. whenever they cut to those things. They they crafted medium close-ups yeah. or medium shots Interesting. In, in the editing room by doing camera by doing camera tricks. They didn't get any of that in camera. It's it's so poorly put together. And it, to have a comedy with timing and three watch the old Three Stooges ones. They're doing all of this. You know what I mean? It's oh, incredible sure. the way they're doing it. These guys can't act. They are, you know, half the time. I thought Marky understand. D was okay. I thought that he had some potential Which and they could have he, he, he's Mark Morales. He's the, okay. he's, uh, yes, the, yes, yes. Uh, um, uh, yes. He's the one with the great line. The, uh, yeah. I got to eat sprouts. Cause they get you sex. They get you sex. That's yes. a great, that's a great lesson for the ages, but um, that's oh, right they, up there with Rosebud as great <laughs> film lines. I kept thinking while I was watching this, I was like, God, I wish I was watching Joe Montana getting punched in the nuts by a baby right now. Oh, it makes a lot of oh, things look good great. in comparison. Yes. It makes, it makes then, everything yeah. we've seen so far. Look the better. strangest yeah, thing to me right. in it. With like the, these weird cat, I was like, wait, that's Ray Parker Jr. delivering pizza. Yes. Yeah, I was Helen like, it was Reddy. so quick. And then get him. Yeah. And Rick Nielsen, who's the guitarist from Cheap, Cheap Trick, Trick, one of my favorite yeah. bands. Yeah. They pull him over. I was like, what the fuck is Rick Nielsen doing in this movie? And he's There's wearing a bunch a of Cheap cameos. Trick. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing well, a shirt for his own band. Is. But th- there's a bunch of cameos in this. Yeah, Helen Reddy is in it. She's the old lady who steps on the sunglasses in the beginning. Yeah. They don't do anything. No. The cameo, you can, you're going to have cameos. The Beach Boys are and in again, this. They don't do anything. They're just right. in the store. See you're them. like, hey, Beach Boys. You barely <laughs> see them. And the, fact, the same thing with that, that Ray Parker Jr. shot. I was like, that's so poor. That's so poorly made because I was like, it was such a split second. I was like, right. because I know who he is. Like, you know, generally yeah. you have a you cameo like that. Jr. You, you frame it in at least a way where even if you didn't know the person, you'd be like, I bet that's somebody because of the way they filmed it. This is like, <laughs> right. I bet that's nobody. I didn't I don't even know why they didn't the way just they have didn't a mannequin. Just put a mannequin <laughs> holding pizzas <laughs> and cut around uh, it. I, at one point, I, re- I just wrote, oof. this is a major theatrical release. I just wrote in all caps because it is amazing that it was like not a straight to video. I mean. A lot of things are released in theaters that are basically shot with a straight to video quality because they are, like you said, Dan, trying to make the thing quick on the yep. cheap just to get it into theaters, see how much money they can make. But it's That's kind it. of rare to see one that even in the 80s that makes it to the movie theater that right. looks so cheap. I, I think maybe I maybe I avoided the really bad ones in the theater, you know, as no, a kid. No, this but, looked I mean, awful this from really start bad. to finish. There was, there was, there's nothing good about Ralph this movie. Poor Ralph Bellamy. He looked so, and I was like, I was like, I hope this is makeup. I hope they're, I hope they're trying to make him look worse than he is because he was so gray was and so pale. I was like, this poor really man, depressing. this shouldn't be like 
his last thing or if if it i don't know i assume it's one of his last movies but i don't know maybe he did more after this i didn't check the filmography but i was like this is like the guy's still alive and it's like weekend at bernie's where they're bringing him around places and like in the back of the car and then like girls Uh, are getting in the car like ew i was like come on that was the one time i did laugh though i have to say (laughs) when he's just asleep in the car and all and the three fat boys are also in the car and three or four women get in the car and they're like who's that and they're like that's just our friend albert he's sleepy or whatever they say <laughs> oh no no they say he likes drugs <laughs> Again, I, I was like okay that's funny that was funny that's what they he say likes, he likes drugs he likes drugs he's on a million pills oh my uh, god well that was that, that was a painful one yeah, yeah that was a toughie to get to to get through. Ay, ay, ay. Give me okay. a segue, Fred. Give me a segue. Or no, or just, let's just, let's just get the fuck away from the fat boys. That's <laughs> let's, your segue. Let's, let's, let's run from them. <laughs> like they're the monster squad. We could go either way. You could either have oh, a monster oh, squad thing, or you could say there's just no way out with this movie. There's no I way out let's, of this. I, I, let's, you want to go to monster squad? Let's go to the monster, monster squad. squad. Yeah, when do we want to, when do we want to visit the mailbag after the uh, next oh, to last? I, right? Oh, I guess after monster squad, let's go Terrific. to monster Great. squad. Let's, let's, let's all sit Good. with bated breath. <laughs> And move on to the Monster Squad. Five youngsters. Nope, that's not right. (laughs) I mean, they are youngsters. That's not what I wanted to read. That's perfect. Five youngsters become Kevin Costner. Wait a minute. Five youngsters become three fat boys. Um, (laughs) Carry the one and you've got no way out. 1987. Know who to call when you have ghosts, but who do you call when you have monsters? We're the Monster Squad. What's a squad? It's like Miami Vice, I think. They're young and inexperienced. Naughty virgin. They're a bit disorganized. Monsters are not real. We don't know that, sir. Two thousand-year-old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves. But when strange things start happening in town, there's a monster in my closet. They're the only ones ready to do battle. Twelve-year-old Sean Crenshaw and his best friend Patrick are die-hard monster fanatics, along with their heavyset friend Horace, local cool kid and all-around tough guy Rudy, Sean's kid sister Phoebe, and sweet little Eugene. They come together and talk about monsters in their quaint suburban treehouse. But when Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, the Mummy, and the creature from the Black Lagoon are reanimated and descend upon Sean's small town to seize an ancient amulet that will grant them control of the world or something like that, Sean leads his friends into action to protect their town from the forces of evil. The film was co-written by director Fred Decker and superstar-to-be Shane Black, who went on to write and sometimes direct the likes of Lethal Weapon, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and Iron Man 3. Shockingly, the movie made only $1.9 million over its opening weekend with a total haul of only $3.7 million worldwide. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of The Monster Squad? You're telling me Disorderly's made three times more than The Monster Squad. That's what my research shows. And it and is they were a de- much heavier. It's I'm a depressing <laughs> statistic. I'm getting out of the business. Go ahead. But the Monster Squad, oddly enough, has a really big following now. They they both sort of have their own cult followings, but this one surprised me. Should because it is very good. I enjoyed it. I really liked Monster Squad. Really? I I don't know if I really really liked liked it, it, but I enjoyed it. I really liked it. 
I'm glad I to enjoyed hear that. it from beginning to end. Here's it's why you're schlock, wrong. It's no, derivative. It's a kidding. bunch of. It's just a. But it's it's funny. It's pretty funny. The actors are good. The script is very. Fu- I was like, yeah, hey, Shane Black. He can write yeah. a line. I mean, it's it's cuter. It's funnier. It's faster. It's fleeter than I than it had any right to be. It's I the, think that's it. I just thought it was going to be. It's the best made movie of this week, I think. I, you know I think I mean? so. It's, I think it's, you know, we haven't gotten to Mr. Costner and company, but I think uh, if I, you know, I think I this is my favorite of the week. And again, with stuff okay. like Disorderlies, you, it's, that's not saying much, but I really, <laughs> I think I enjoyed this one the most. Who's Peter Hyams? I keep seeing Hyams. I keep seeing his name. I kept seeing his name in the credits. I mean, he was a producer, right? Wasn't he a producer on I think he was a producer and maybe he was a co-writer as well. I kept thinking, I was going to see his name on no, the, his as name, director. He, but no, he, he didn't, didn't write it. it. Decker, oh, okay. Decker directed it and he co-wrote it with Shane Black. I was shocked when I saw Shane Black's name. I mean, I was very surprised. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was, it, it, it was fun. I, it's, you know, so funny. I never heard of it. I don't recall it even coming you out. remember I the mean, commercial, the, the commercial which played endlessly was Wolfman's no. got nards. Like they just, no, and it, and it's funny because I was looking it up. I don't remember that at all, but there's a documentary called Wolfman's Got Nards all about. <laughs> no, but it's all about, and, it, and it's made by the kid who plays the lead, the, the main oh, kid. Oh, yeah, come on. Yeah, no, I, and I actually want to watch it because it's all about, it's got this rabid fan base. People, Seth Green is on the documentary, actually. I think uh, it's super fun, and I did yeah. not know anything about I think I was just two years or three years too old for this to be like, my thing at that time. But I, but in a way I was like, yeah, this is, this is very much in the spirit of the Goonies and, and, uh, and uh, a few other things where I was like, this is like one of those mid eighties movies. That's, you know, like pretty fun. It kind of does the job. I am. What else did I think of? It wasn't just Goonies. It was, um, well, a, it remind, remind me a little bit of Fright Night too. Oh, Fright Night. Yeah. Goonies yeah. and Fright Night. Absolutely. Oh, Fright Night is so much better though, but totally different. Audience, I don't agree. I guess. Very different. Totally I like Fright Night better as well, but I think it's very no, different too. I preferred too. this. I mean, because it, it was, huh. it's so silly. It's so bald faced, right? Dracula and all these movie monsters just happen to come back and they need an amulet. It's just ridiculous. It's basically t- saying cross a bunch of universal monster movies and the yeah. Goonies and, and here you go. And it should, I guess, because of that. It feels like it should be a lot worse than it is, mm-hmm. and I was charmed by it. I thought the, I thought the parents were great. The father, um, who oh, plays I enjoyed the, him too. Plays the co- yeah. it, it was filled with like people who I was like, oh, like I saw the credits, and I remember I made a note saying, I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know who any of these uh, these names yeah. are in the credits. I was like, that's not a good sign. And then I'm like, well, wait, I know all these people from their face. You know, I mean, I'm familiar from their faces, with them. Yeah, Stephen right. Mother's Stephen Macht is uh, the, is right. the He's cop, in everything the in the 80s. Yeah, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. And the mom was in Lethal Weapon. She was in all yeah. the Lethal Weapons. She was in oh, Scrooge, the Goonies. Die Hard, The Goonies. She was a very, uh, she also yeah. passed away a few years ago, five oh, years no. ago. Oh, for God's sake. And you know, you know what I liked? What's her I name? Liked that they set up. They set up this relationship between them that it was sort of a troubled relationship, and they actually sort of followed through with yes. it. Yes, you know, they which I was surprised about. They had they had actual tension mm-hmm. between the parents, some domestic tension that that I bought. You know, I believed it. Uh, Mary Ellen Trainer is the wow. actress's name. No, I thought it was very good. And the dude who played the werewolf was um, uh, Laszlo yeah. from Real Genius and Uncle Rico. Yeah, oh, that's his name. That's where I recognize him from. He's Uncle Rico. Yeah, uh, John Grease or Grise. I don't know how it's pronounced. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was terrific. shocked that I, did. I was like, the Dracula, it's a guy named Duncan Raghair, 
R-E-G-H-E-R, who has almost no other movie huh. credits to it. I mean, he's done some TV stuff, but I mean. I thought he was okay. In, yeah, I, I thought, thought he was good. good. I thought he was very good. But I, I was I like, say, I'm surprised he didn't either come from somewhere bigger or or parlay it into something, you know, like mm. even just to become kind of a a, a steady workman-like player in movies. His, this was his big thing. This was his biggest thing. I mean, thing. I will yeah. say, considering well, Stan Winston did all the creature stuff, yeah. that, that although and, and I, I liked I liked the actor who you just mentioned who played Dracula. Yeah. I thought the make, I was like, he looks like he literally went to Ricky's and got a, a you know, a, a Dracula costume kind, from Ricky's. And I kind of like that. I was like, I like how, how like, what do you think Dracula looks like? That's how this Dracula is going to yeah, look like. We're not trying classic. to do anything kind of, right. you know, like we're not going to play coy with like, oh, he's cool Dracula or like, you know, I That's mean, true. I like yeah. Chris Sarandon's yeah. version of like a vampire guy. But when you say like, right. boom, quote unquote Dracula, I like that it was kind of the. It's the, very iconic. They all look iconic. Yeah, the Bela Lugosi like thing. What we think and it, it, was, look it was like, sort yeah. of the same thing. I mean, I grew up watching you know, Abbott and Costello, you know, my grandparents' yeah. house and like Abbott and Costello means Frankenstein. Yeah, I mean, sure. it's, it's the same thing that we love about, you know, comics and, you know, uh, the, you know, Marvel and the DC universes. The best part is when the characters cross over, when you have the crossover events. Yeah. And even with the Abbott and Costello movies, whenever you got, you know, like, oh my God, the Wolfman and Dracula together. That was always the cool, like, mm-hmm. I loved that as a kid. So that was fun. And obviously, there, and it's funny because from the trailer that I saw of the documentary, all these people who are interviewed say the same thing. Like, there are people who love those universal monsters, you know, know. sort of oh, in the I same way that, that I my, loved them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so in, in that sense, it was a it was a, a, a great homage and tribute to, to those kids. Yeah. And it was nice that these kids had that particular thing that brought them together. Let me ask you a question. Where did there were the two main kids? Then there was. Uh, Horace, who they just called Fat Kid, yeah. the, the whole movie, who I really liked. He was my favorite. He was great. Again, that's very Goonies is like very much like yes. uh, Chunk, right? What's the kid's right. name? Chunk, the truffle shuffle Chunk, kid. Yeah. 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 But then there so was, was then there was the little girl who was adorable. Adorable. But All where the kids did that, were so cute. But where did that other little boy come from? The one with the he dog? Was he was my just favorite. Appeared. Eugene and the dog so were my favorite. He was so adorable. He was But he just so sort of like cute. appeared in the treehouse. Yeah. Does he ever, was he related to them? No, I think he was maybe a friend of the, was he a friend of the little girl? He was very young. I don't know. And then there was the tough guy, Rudy. Was that his name? I thought that was, uh, yeah, Rudy was the character's name. I thought that was in a funny way. I was like, with all these monsters and amulets and shit, kind of almost the least believable thing is like this kind of cool kid with a leather jacket is like the one who's befriending all the nerds and wants to talk about monsters. And so I thought that was interesting, but like not what you would have expected. Hey, Rudy. EJ, see you met my friend Horace. You okay? Rudy, I. I th- you dropped your candy bar, EJ. It's his. It's yours now. Rudy, eat. Rudy, I'm not gonna see eat you. Eat up. And we'll call it a day. You guys are both hitting on the thing that, for me, really didn't work for the movie and kept being why I couldn't hook in. And it's because the relationships between the kids didn't make sense for me. I didn't get it either. Yeah, It didn't make sense for me and it didn't work for me. I didn't know who they were to each other. The way you do when you watch a Goonies, you know what I mean? You understand who they are. They weren't different enough from each other. The best friend of the main kid, he basically disappeared. You take Merlim, he contributed nothing. You know what I mean? Eugene right. is kind of just, he's just the kid who the mummy was in his that closet. A, and I, that I literally was didn't even, that's a fantastic but, fucking scene. That was a great scene. That was a great scene. But that was scene. the thing. 
but, but I was like, thing, who I was are like, these wait. kids? Who are they to each other? And yeah. and I also thought the kid acting in this, and I think we were, I was spoiled from having just seen Sixth Sense the week before. You know, the kid acting in this is boo. It's pretty bad across the board. And I so I could never, I couldn't, <laughs> hick, I couldn't hook in. I if the whole movie to me had been about Eugene, his dog, and him having to, you know, f- figure out how to fight the monsters, I, I I would have been in. But I didn't understand their relationships to each other, and I. I didn't think the kid acting was very strong. It, it's so funny. Which role I, would Jacob Joseph play? <gasps> oh, Jacob Joseph. Well, these days he'd have to play quote unquote fat kid. Unfortunately, <laughs> I mean type is everything, right? <laughs> unfortunately, and Adam would have to be the motorcycle kid. He'd be rude. Didn't yeah. have a motorcycle, but a bicycle. Um, but uh, I liked uh, I liked Tom Noonan as Frankenstein. Tom I Noonan, he, who I didn't know who the heck he, I was yeah, like, who is the Tom Noonan? What makes him any more special than anybody else in this cast? Because in the credits, it says, goes through all the names and then it says, and Tom Noonan as Frankenstein. And I was like, am I supposed to know Tom what Noonan? We, what like, we is know he like a, I mean, he's well, not. Well, he was a big theater guy and he was a, he's, he's written a lot of plays, I believe. I mean, I know he was in, uh, mm. I just recently saw him in Synecdoche. New York. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's sort of like a downtown theater icon. But the, the um, credit was oh. what was weird to me. He was not a movie star in any sense of the no, word. No, it was probably he his agent. Like a, they probably got that. That was I, the thing. Like, I you think, wanted to do this movie? Right. Yeah, yeah. You got I think it's special special Yeah, I think, well, I think it's because he turns out to be like the the good guy of the monsters and the right. one who said, like, Maybe, I was like, yeah. there's something about this that, I was like, there's something about that billing that makes me think that he's going to be a standout from that crew in some way, which he was, of course. Dan, that what you say makes perfect perfect sense about those kids and yet i found them totally charming and mm. likable and i like i get it. even though even when the relationships weren't clearly defined or seemed like the kids wouldn't necessarily be friends or, or like you say that one best friend who really becomes a little bit of a cipher you're you're not wrong about that i found them all very I found them all really sweet and likable, and I actually just enjoyed them a lot. I, I, I yeah. think I wrote down, I was like, I I'm not a big fan of the Goonies. I'd have to rewatch it I'm again, but I never, never I. warmed to it. Even when I was a kid, I was like, eh, it never did much for me. And I kind Same. of thought, I'm enjoying this a little more than than the Goonies. Oh, and I know it's basically, wow. a, in huh. a way, it's kind of a ripoff of the Goonies in some in ways, way, you know, but yeah. it's... um. I, I found it totally charming. I don't know if I was just in the, I think I made a note too. I was like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what, if it's just my mood right now, but I'm really going with this thing. There's parts of this that are, that are, that are great. That mummy scene is great. You know, I love the creature. Even the way the father jumps up to be like, you got a monster in the club. I'll, I'll come yeah. and I'll get rid of the monsters. I was like, it's so charming. And that it's just a little, a lot of an actor who's got one scene where yeah. he's like just a good dad to that kid. And like, I like how really committed sweet. the uncle Rico guy is to like, you gotta lock me up. You know what I mean? That, that was, was great. great. There is yeah. all kinds of actors peril in this Crenshaw. Hurry, get all your men and send them down to 666 Shadowbrook Road. It's an old mansion. He's found the amulet. There's, there's no time. Who the hell is this? I'm the one they shot last night. I'm a werewolf now, but... Have a nice night. No, 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 no! Don't hang up! Uh, he's gonna kill your son! Ah! The movie um, has some very weird homophobia. In the um, beginning, yeah. yeah, right in the beginning, you're like, he says, he's like, yeah, he's getting all homo on me. You know, I had a hard time with weird science for lots and lots of reasons, but like a yeah. lot of things where I was like, oh, this doesn't age well is a thing that you, but yeah. I was like, I was like, how many times when I, in the eighties, 
that that was the that was the way kids talked in yeah, my they school. Did. Yeah, they did. I thought that. about they that really too. They really threw that around. Oh, they did. No, I'm not. I'm saying oh, yes, they yeah, did. I'm but that. you oh, could have sure. gone a different way for this kid movie. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I mean, agree even in you. John Hughes movies, you don't hear that language. Yeah, you know, you're you don't. You right. don't. I mean, you have a middle school kid who shows up and the first thing he does is, is smoke a cigarette and it's like <laughs> yeah. i haven't seen that in it i don't remember seeing that in an 80s movie other than bad news bears that's a 70s movie mm. but that's the 70s you know what i mean but you know what i mean i was like yeah, yeah things in age were oh with the with the sister and they were like um we have a naked picture of you and we're gonna tell oh, the yeah. football team and i was like Ooh, Oof, that yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. age well at no, all no. that's almost like a rape threat it's, so i was like these things don't belong in this movie and when um, they're asking the little girl if she's a virgin that was a little yeah that was strange well they didn't ask her they were like they were like oh good idea we'll get her because she's You're, clearly yeah, is yeah. one i think um, all those things were adorable no i, I agree with you <laughs> problematic they are all little problematic let's not have these in a kid movie and then all these cops get murdered and then at the end they're like ah back to normal we defeated the monsters i was like you just your town just lost 20 cops yeah is anyone gonna mourn the loss of 20 police officers who got killed by dracula it's that thing that happens with the with these early pg-13 movies like yeah they try to find the balance it's a kid's thing but we want to go a little edgy so they they're trying to find right. a balance and they're also trying to like push an envelope and they're not quite sure what they want to be because it, you're right. Yeah. It very much felt like a kid's movie. But then I was like, well, no, PG-13, you can do some pretty strong stuff in those movies. So tonally, that didn't really jive. You're not a virgin, are you? No? No, what do you mean no? Well, Steve, but he doesn't count. Doesn't count! I think I was just surprised because I really always thought of this as like, ugh. Monster Squad, that's got to be terrible. I think I expected it to be a touch more disorderly <laughs> than, than it was. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, but I, I, I was I was pretty charmed by it. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. There were certainly things to like about it. Yes. And I think it was the most well-crafted. One thing we don't talk about on this podcast really is, is art direction and production design. And mm-hmm. the tree That's ha- not true. The tr- not we a- talked about it in Blade Runner, but you guys shut me down. That we movie sucks. About it we talked about it in Blade Runner, shut me down. Man, a lot of things. Yeah. Well, we don't, we, uh, yeah, but I mean, in a movie we don't like talk about this, we don't talk about it. Service. We do, well, we should. We, we could tell the Danish were fresh <laughs> on this one. <laughs> uh, the the treehouse, I thought was tremendous. That was great. I love the treehouse, yeah. Um, Dracula's mansion or his lair, although I don't know how the amulet got there um but the but the, his mansion you know the old man's yeah. house the old german they call yeah. creepy german guy or scary german man his house you know um all of the locations in this i thought were were uh, even the, even the swampy area where they go and revive frankenstein and yeah. stuff i thought the, mm-hmm. i thought the movie looked great yeah. from location to location i thought it was real that was I really well done i gotta say something that i appreciated too and again i think it comes from the pg-13 thing and it and right when it started because I went into the same, I went in, you know, with this, with that same attitude, Jason, like, what is this? The mom is going to be goofy. But that first scene, you know, I like the sort of crawl being like, they wanted to do this. <laughs> yeah, that they was failed. funny. That was, I thought that was that great. Was really funny. They blew it. Yeah, that was yeah. funny. But then when they get to that scene, there was a real sense of, like you said, Dan, peril. And just the yes. way it was acted, it wasn't played in a goofy manner. You know, when he's telling the, the young woman to read the spell, I mean- 
Oh He's, yeah. But j- just like the guy, the, the Laszlo actor, but the werewolf, like they are in it, yes. man. They're really playing. It was really like, oh, scary and this, fun it, and committed. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. yeah. So After that I'm first glad. thing, I was like, oh, this movie's going to be good. This yeah. is going to be good. So and I'm, then I'm, the child I'm acting glad. started and I went, oh, fuck. It's going to suck. Aww, they couldn't get Haley Joel Osment. How old was he at this time? He was. I don't very, think he was born. He was, yeah. God, he probably wasn't even. Someone should have gave birth to him and had him play. But I didn't think they were any worse than like the, the stock 80s kids. I didn't think they were worse than the Goonies. The people who wrote this movie have a deep love and appreciation for those universal monsters, you know, and they, they stuck to it. They didn't make, there was no moment where suddenly the monsters get together and they start to do a dance. They do a silly dance yes. or a rap. They stick to the stories and there are all these little tributes to the actual movies there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the scene, you know, obviously when Frankenstein, Frankenstein the little girl, girl. you yeah, know, that and was then, great. Um, that was great. I was, and I didn't catch this, but I read this afterwards. I guess there are all these armadillos and in the original Dracula, yeah. there's something about armadillos living in, in uh Bela Lugosi's castle, yeah, which I, I wasn't around. aware of. Oh, wow. And there okay. were different things. There were all these little tributes, but they, they really, they played them for, for what they were. They These are people who, who respected. It wasn't yeah. like um, right. the, the Drac Pack or something. I remember there was like a no, Saturday exactly. morning cartoon uh, uh, with like, right. uh, or something with like all the monsters who were just like, I remember that they were as well. goofy. Yeah. It was like kind of a, a cartoon take on them. And I think that's what I assumed this was. I think yeah. I always thought, and maybe there is a movie like this, or maybe this is the cartoon I'm thinking. I was like, I was like monster squad. I literally thought it was that the monsters were a team with the kids, like solving crimes and shit. I think I, I had no idea what this movie and was. They, they could have very easily gone in that direction, but that was what was good. They were like, no, right. they were monsters they and they wanted straight. to kill the yeah. children. Yeah, I yeah. thought that you was know, And yeah. when right. you add that element onto it, it, it does give it a little more gravitas. I mean, for God's sakes, they, there was, I mean, when they go to see the creepy German guy and he's like, I know monsters, and you pull back and you see he's <gasps> yeah, got I thought a tattoo was, on his wrist. Yeah, he's a Holocaust like, survivor. Oh, yeah, I, I, I like, kind of oh, loved that. I was like, this Oh, yes. no, I thought it was great. Yeah. I wish they sort of did more with it yes, because then he disappeared. And again, he just sort of showed up at the end, like, woohoo, let's drive the truck. Um, yeah, you I almost thought, think wow. there'd be a moment like that great moment in the uh, Avengers when there's the, the one Holocaust yes. survivor in Germany yes. who stands right. up to Loki. And it's very small, it's a tiny right. bit, but it, kind of does something with that story with that reference i mean so the moment where he shows his uh the, the number on his arm and says i know monsters is a be- it's a beautiful moment in this but yeah it doesn't necessarily i mean it pays off in the sense that he takes a stand fights against evil. monsters and yeah, he fights, he fights evil, evil. So absolutely yeah, but there it. was um but it seemed like there was going to be I, I agree with you fred that there might be a little something more to be done with that idea. Mm-hmm. Well, well there's- Monster Squad. <laughs> I, you, you're, you're turning me slowly on it. You're turning me slowly on it. I, I, I kept thinking I was a second like, watch I was, around I was Halloween. like, I'm surprised they didn't do a, a I was like, I, I guess it wasn't, it didn't make any money, but I was like, I'm surprised they didn't yeah. try to do a remake of this, but today it would be too arch. It would be like Seth Rogen, James Franco, uh, no, and uh, <laughs> it would be like a bunch of comedians, Michael Sarah, and then they'd be like, they'd be the monster squad. And they'd be like, so I'd go Whoa. see that. I would see that. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary, boys becoming men, men becoming wolf. The mailbag is full. <gasps> really? I mean, chock full. Wow. Uh, like I'm going to, I mean, We're there's so what? many, uh, I mean, th- there's everything <laughs> Peanut from shells? The, <laughs> both is three quarters of that. And then did you go to the ground round? Remember <laughs> to <spell it> up? <laughs> the ground round. Like, I don't want to leave them on the floor. That's uh, unsanitary. <laughs> I just, just sweep them up. Uh, the, um, no, everyone's concerned about 
what yeah. we what was revealed or we or not revealed last week. So I think, much. And I'm the not, Shama. And I'm that. Yeah, we this had is, a Shama Lon esque yeah. twist. Now there's a Shama. It, right there's a Shama. Um, and uh, I, you see that Shama on TikTok. <laughs> oh God, help us! But yeah, try to get your daughter to start uh, saying, "Now there's a Shama." Let's see if we can <laughs> put that on TikTok. Put, get, get something going with the kids. Of today. it'll be the next Jiggy. Oh boy! <laughs> step. I liked when Ralph Bellamy said, "Step off, homeboy." That was fun. <laughs> uh, we're, we're just be illin'. Uh, please Boing. let me lay down. Boner noise. So the letter bag. So I'm sorry. The mail sack the mail is sack. overflowing. The mail sack is overflowing. <laughs> the the the. Uh, but enough about Ralph Bellamy. The <laughs> but the. I'm so sorry. The uh, events of last week have got everyone writing in with grave concern. Um, mostly about Eustace be alive or Eustace be a warden <laughs> or whatever his name is. Um, but here is one letter. I'm pulling it out here now as we speak. Now I got to dig a little deeper. It's like the bat from Monster Squad. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. It's from, it's from St. Louis. Of course. And I'm going to go ahead and open it. Are we going to have to pay our Foley artist extra for this podcast? Damn well better. Oh, it's from the warden. What? Didn't she say something last week? Somehow we got audio of a conversation between- Jacob Joseph. Right. Well, who we thought was Jacob Joseph- Someone well, we thought was Jacob Joseph may have been added. Uh, it knows? sounds like Jacob Joseph had a right. sixth sense like conversation <laughs> with Sheila yes. while they were stuck in traffic. <laughs> and he apparently, whether it's Jacob Joseph or somebody posing as him, uh, he can speak to dead wardens, only wardens, <laughs> apparently. And Eustace was trying to communicate right. with, with him and, and right. to get Sheila to send something to the mailbag. That's what I remember from the audio that we found. <laughs> we somehow found, it was like found footage. It was found, like Blair yeah. Witch. It was like our own Blair Witch. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Project. Okay, so uh, that's the recap. That's, <laughs> so that's the recap that's of that. That's the recap. So Sorry, everybody. We were expecting, based on that, a letter from the warden. Yes. Okay, it, we seem to have gotten one, but oh it's addressed gosh. via St. Louis. It's not from Sing Sing. Mm. Wait, but I'm confused. Wasn't there, maybe I'm mixing up the stories. Wasn't there a moment where there might've been the fact that Sheila wasn't with Jacob Joseph and and she was actually with Adam, Adam, right? Right. Okay. Maybe this this letter will clear things up. Okay. It's like a double shama. I know. I know. All right. Let's see. Should I, all right. Should I read the warden letter in? I'll try to do the warden voice. I mean, I'm not the warden, but I can try to do his voice. So it sounds like he's here with us. I'll try. I'll try my best. Dear boys, how you doing? Everything fine here in St. Louis. You both thought I was dead, but then I was dead because it's uncanny. He's reading this, Fred. Yeah, this is hard to read. Having a good time here in St. Louis. Jacob Joseph and I have toured the arch. We went all the way to the top of the arch and all the way back down. That old boy who busted in here when I was so scared. I 
I thought I thought I was going to lose my life in that moment, but I didn't. Jacob Joseph saved my life. We're hot on the trail of the B-Mobile. We're going to get them. We're going to find them. We're going to haul them in. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, boys. I love you. I'm going to give you five stars on the podcast. You keep it up. Oh, Jacob Joseph wants us to say something. He wrote, he wrote, he, uh, he's going to write something here on the back of the letter. I'm going to hand this to him now. Hi. <laughs> Yeah, you interpret Jason. You interpret his voice because you do I know, a you're, hold, Jason you're holding the you're holding yeah. the letter up to the. I'll hold the, the letter up to the screen here, here so you can so do that. So I voice. can see, so I can read it. And he's saying, "Hi, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm with the warden. Adam's very, very pernicious, and he's a real bad apple. And he has been posing as me, apparently." And he's gotten into some hot water with Sheila of a sexual nature, I think. But I don't I don't understand these things. And I find it's better not to dwell upon them. But I know bad things are happening out there. And Eustace and I are going to stop them. So bye. Bye. Five stars for me too. Bye. Well, that was Jacob Joseph. Have a great rest of your week. And a great rest of your life. I'm sorry. I grabbed your pen. And you take al- it. And always remember, you are nefarious. That's the Tote end of the letter. was with them too? Tote was there. Tote is with them. Wait a second. Show me the envelope. The envelope says. Here it is. Okay. Geppetto, mail this. <laughs> For me, I'm getting several things waxed at about 11 a.m. Not going to make it to the postal office, but uh, you know the way to carry the sleigh and all of that horse shit. Just mail this, a couple of these bills and such, and I, I don't know why I'm writing all this on the envelope, but do that. Pick up my dry cleaning. Love, Jack. Oh my God, this, everybody is. Now, wait a minute. And what's that other part? There's something on the, what is that? says, and don't forget to tune in to the new episode of (laughs) That Pacino Show with a very special guest, John Amos. (laughs) Five stars, two. Hunter season two coming soon. This is, you picked the right envelope, Dan, to pull out of a mail sack. Wow. So if That's a lot I'm of information there. If I'm understanding what's happening. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> but the warden, real Jacob Joseph, not Adam pretending to be. Right. Tote <laughs> somehow. Who is dead, but not Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Geppetto. And, and Eustace. <laughs> and Al and Pacino. And possibly John Amos. And possibly John Amos are traveling together in St. Louis on the trail of the B-Mobile. I guess. This, this is like our very own monster squad. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> now That's that what would I'm have thinking. been a segue. <laughs> Why didn't we do No Way Out before? Now that was a segue. Uh, this is our very own 
Sean Young's murder. <laughs> <laughs> hey, with all those people on the trail of the B-Mobile, I think Sheila and Adam are going to have a possible no way, way out. Oh, wait. I meant to say <laughs> no way. Out. Leave the segues to Fred. Damn it. I almost had it. <laughs> ah, no way out. <laughs> the way I said that was as if it's like, that's how I felt about the podcast. That you just turned in, you just, and about the you just turned to Leo Gene Wilder from the producers. <laughs> no way out. <laughs> I like how I get like, hmm, I, I create these problems. And then I'm like, oh, man, I had to throw Nicholson in there. I mean, Jack Nicholson threw himself in there. Um, well, there was no way out of that letter until that happened. Let's put thank that you way. again. Mm-hmm. You're really redeeming yourself in the Segway department. <laughs> no way out. They needed a hero. I understand he has a background in intelligence. There's two tours of naval intelligence. Get him here. He liked excitement. Take us somewhere. He wanted her. Their passion upset the balance of power. What's all this top secret business I've been hearing about over the Pentagon? You know I work for Bryce? Then that makes two of us. This one can do things for me like no other woman I've ever met. Kevin Costner. Gene Hackman. Sean Young. Will Patton. No way out. Navy Lieutenant Tom Farrell, played by Kevin Costner, meets a young woman, Susan Atwell, played by Sean Young, and they share a passionate fling. Farrell then finds out that his superior, Defense Secretary David Bryce, played by Gene Hackman, is also romantically involved with Atwell. When the young woman turns up dead, Farrell is put in charge of the murder investigation by Bryce's right-hand man and an old friend of Farrell's, played by Will Patton. Farrell begins to uncover shocking clues about the murder case, but when details of his own relationship with Susan surface, he becomes a suspect as well. Directed by Richard Donaldson, who also helmed Costner's Kennedy-era historical drama 13 Days, No Way Out earned $4.2 million over its opening weekend on its way to $35.5 million worldwide. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of No Way Out? I really liked it. I liked it when I saw it. I mean, there's some parts that don't hold up as well, but I remember seeing it at the time. I watched it. It was on cable a lot, Mm. and I watched it a lot, and... I remember at the time, Adlin, I was, I really liked Kevin Costner and I still do like Kevin Costner, but at that time I had seen him in a, in a, one of his first movies was called Fandango. Um, that was mm. directed by, I'm blanking on his name. I think the same guy who did the big chill and then ended up doing, no, sorry. Oh. Is that the one? And then he did Waterworld. Why am I blanking on his name? Oh, oh Ke- Kevin Reynolds. Kevin. Yeah. Something Kevin Reynolds. Reynolds did, yeah. I think he did. Uh, did he do Prince of Tides Waterworld. too? Did he do that? Not Prince Ooh. of Tides. Prince of Thieves. <laughs> no, I knew Prince what you were talking about. <laughs> um, I can't, but I remember seeing him in this movie with Fandango and it was, it was Judd Nelson was in that as well. And oh. I really loved him. And he was sort of, this was before anyone knew who he was. And he was sort of like the wild card character. He was wacky and crazy, and uh, it was a, it's, a, it's a really cool road trip movie. Yeah, he did. He did Fandango uh, and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and oh, Waterworld. Okay, he go. did a lot with, uh, with Costner. So I really, yeah. I like Costner in that. I also remember seeing him in a movie called American Flyers. I saw that on a plane ride mm. about uh, cyclists. And yeah. so I, I, I always enjoyed his stuff. And then, of course, you know, his star began to rise with the Untouchables. And, and like, this was, this was the era of Costner. Well, this I mean, was just was, like two months after Untouchables came out. So this right. was or one was, month after. So it was like summer of 
Kevin Costner. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, so I was mm. excited and I really liked him in the movie and I thought it was great. I loved Will Patton. I remember the time was really loved him. Um, just thinking he was so creepy. I thought Hackman was great. I thought Sean Young was, was good. I don't know. I, 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 I really enjoyed it. I thought it, the movie for me really takes off. And it's funny because rewatching and I forgot about all the stuff on the boat and him going away. I forgot all about that. Mm. But to me, the movie really takes off once, you know, once the murder happens and then it's just, it just sort of flies. I mean, it's, yeah. that, it's just that, that, that ticking time bomb, like waiting. Oh my God. And I thought it was all the levels that everyone's got to play. I thought was very interesting. Everyone's hiding something and they can't reveal too much to get. I, I don't know. I thought it was a, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I kind of remember at this time not necessarily being a huge Kevin Costner fan, but I hadn't seen much that he had done. I, you know, I'd seen Untouchables and liked that very much. But what I liked about this, because I never saw it at the time, I liked how different his persona was. In the, like, I think I always kind of had a sense that he was very kind of upright, uptight, stick in the mud yeah. kind of guy. And that's the thing. He yeah. wasn't. And, and in that's this, what I, he's so yeah. kind of loose and bad boy. And, and so mm, I, yeah. I thought he was great. He's a very... Maybe he's not an underrated actor. He, for me, he's always been kind of. I've always underrated him. I think. I think yes. when he's, but when he's good, he's really, really good. And I think in this, he's fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, and I liked all those people. Will Patton is not somebody who I've ever. I mean, this is a really formidable role he's got in this. And I, I in some yeah. ways, I think he's my favorite in this movie. I think. Oh, he, absolutely. Yeah. I and and he has a lot to do. I was actually kind of disappointed at how little Hackman is in the movie. Yeah, he's think not about in it, it very much. He's yeah. much more of a supporting role, but of course he's wonderful. He's so good. And Sean Young is great. You know, this movie was kind of famous for the limo scene. Whenever you saw anything about No Way Out and why it was yeah, a big staple which is table, a little ridiculous. It's oh. ridiculous. The, the driver is ridiculous. The sax music. It's so very, very 80s. Yeah. Like it's it's the pinnacle of like 80s yeah. it's soft a No core. Way Out song. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Um, um, that limo scene, uh, <laughs> Taylor watched that part. She was watching a good chunk of the movie before me, ridiculous. with me before she was like, all right. Um, yeah, she was like, ew, ew. That music was wow. Well, but the idea of like just two people fully like going at it without, you know, in, in a car with a driver, she was like, these are the most selfish people. Don't they think he's get, might be uncomfortable? And I'm like, well, he's clearly not. He's fine with it. Yeah. She's like, but who would do this? That's disgusting. It's gr-. I, It was so funny. And then, you know, she was like, well, finally. And when the, the privacy screen goes I up, love she's how like, they're well, driving. finally. You talk about uh, 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 phallic symbols and things like that. Oh, when yeah. they drive, that's they right. start to undress her. The Washington, Washington Monument. Monument is standing yeah. Oh, God, there. that's right. I didn't yeah. even notice yeah. that. Yeah. Doing the yeah. bad that's sex. It. Hitchcock like, does that in one of the movies as yes, well, I think. Yes. I can't remember. But yeah, as soon as they drove back, I was like, yeah, giant phallic symbol. You get it, honey? They're, they're having yeah, Roger now. Donaldson is fine, but he's no Hitchcock. Yeah, exactly. He didn't pull it off for me. But, um, um, but no, but I, I, like the, I like the central, you know, I, I like the... I like the cat and mouse thing. I like that. I mean, it's yeah. it's awfully convenient. I, you know, I'm like, why is this? You know, there's the MacGuffin about this super stealthy submarine thing. Yeah, that I, want, that, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't well, follow that's the that. thing that Hackman wants to put the kibosh on, and he's mm-hmm. like, well, so. let's get your friend, who's the uh, that naval officer. He kind of seems like he's a bit. Let's get him in here as an expert, and uh, and uh, you know, yeah. he, that's how he's a hero, gets introduced he- into his sphere, and then to then put him. 
the naval officer in charge of the murder investigation just seemed I, maybe I'm missing something. I seem like that. Well, they really need, he says we need a hero and he had already yeah, been heralded as a hero for saving the man's life on the sub. And that's then why he was that's like, why they want him for the sub thing. They, that's why they want him for that. Uh, that. That's why he's brought into Hackman to begin with. There's nothing. There's no murder yet at that point. He's brought to Hackman to be uh, kind of an expert. Oh, we, we you're need talking him. about why he's there to begin with. I get why he's there to begin with. That's the MacGuffin about this submarine thing that they, right. that's the thing they but just need to do to pull him in into the spirit. I don't know why he's put in charge of a murder. murder investigation. Uh, <laughs> I think for the same reason, I think Dan's right. I think he says we need a hero. And it's also- but who is he? Why was that? Why, what is that? What, how does that put him- He's Kevin Costner. Well, that doesn't, I don't see how that makes him <laughs> qualified sucks. to lead a murder investigation. He's very uh, handsome. He's dashing. He's there very you dashing. Go. Just he gets Sean Young to have sex in front of limo drivers with yeah. him. I mean, Ooh, you know, there I'd you go. I'd put him in, front, in a murder investigation. I right. love, um, there's that, that great moment. I, I thought <laughs> Hackman was- <laughs> Hackman was great throughout. I love his first meeting with Costner, how he's just so, he, he can't even look at him. He yeah. doesn't give a shit. He's yeah. so wrapped up. And then there's that great switch. And Will Patton's so good and so creepy and such a weird sycophant. And there's like, you yeah. know, and they even says later, they, they I, I think um, Fred Thompson says, well, he's, he's gay. So, he, you know, he's obviously got this weird attraction to Gene Hackman's character, it seems. It's very Burns what, and Smithers. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. So, what do you think, Smithies? I think women and semen don't mix. We knew what you think. When, But when things shift and there's that moment where Hackman throws the folder at him. Yeah. When he's freaking out. He's like, right. what the hell are you doing? That's great. And that's that moment where Will Pan's character is like, I'm in, calm the fuck down. Right. He's calm in down. charge. Well, yeah. that's the thing. I'm in he's in control now. there. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is the performance of the movie. This is the guy. Yeah, right. I, great. I he was it's great. so funny. Yeah. I see him. That movie was the first thing that I'd seen him in. I remember him from Desperately Seeking Susan, but I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, he had a small part in that. I think he was the bad guy. I, I can't even remember that movie, but he- um, Yes, you're right. He's in so Armageddon, I, he, I remember that. Right? Yeah, well, that was later. Yeah, um, right. But he really stood out to me in this movie and I've always enjoyed him. And he's a big, I see him all the audiobook time. Audiobook guy he's, at Audible, He's a right? big audiobook oh, narrator. Cool. And what's funny is, so when I do, when I rep an audiobook, if it's stuff with characters, you know, I'll try to cast the different characters. And so many times I've written, all right, this guy's Will Patton. Mm. And I'll try to like think of Will Patton, but- cool. Tom is the man who saw you at Susan's. He's known about you all along. Isn't that right? You know what that means, David. If Commander Farrell is the man who was with Miss Atwell, then Commander Farrell is the man who killed Miss Atwell. Jason got me this wonderful book about Blade Runner called um, Future Noir. I just finished it. It's like 530 pages. It flies through. It's fascinating. But there's a, a great interview with Sean Young. And oh. I had always, you know, you hear the stories. and yeah, she's cuckoo. The, that she's a little crazy. And the whole thing with James Woods, which now, oh. but you're like, but James Woods a fucking lunatic oh, he's now. Nuts. So yeah. Yeah. So he brought charges against her for stalking. <gasps> but reading, reading this I this interview, that. it really made me think, and especially with everything that's going on now and how the, sort of the tides are turning uh, in, in our industry, is that I, I wonder, because mm -hmm, the way mm -hmm. in this interview, she doesn't come off as vindictive or, or you know, she's sort of going off the rails or saying stuff that's nuts. She comes off saying, no, I was someone who spoke my mind and people were like, fuck you, lady. Yep. You know, you're just a pretty dancer because she was a dancer. She started yeah, off as a dancer okay. and that was the first thing. And she talks about just being in intimidated shit during Blade Runner and our Harrison Ford hated her, oh, Jesus. Um, which was well publicized at the time. And she's like, I don't know why. She's like, I don't, I don't know the reason. And I, I felt very sympathetic reading this interview. And I thought, 
wow, something just, maybe that is what it is. And now we're learning that, you know, there's so many stories like that. Absolutely. Of people yeah. like, oh no, she was crazy. She was crazy. Yeah. No, she probably just spoke up. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, well, fuck you. That's it. So Ugh. I kept thinking that watching this, cause I was thinking, hmm, am I going to see the signs of, of cuckoo, you know, for Cocoa Puffs? And yeah, she definitely does have that a bit, but it's, that's what also makes her performance wonderful and, and fun too. Yeah, and right. dangerous. Yeah. Lucky it's not a bullshit detector else none of us would get in. I thought both their reactions to her death uh, spoiler, Mr. Falcon. Um, I really yeah. enjoyed, I thought they played yeah. them both really well. I mean, Hackman was, I mean, it just came out of the blue when that's somebody a, becomes that so scene violent. Where he comes in, talks to Will Patton and he's crying. That's a, that's a, you don't see a Gene Hackman I, scene no. like that very I often where he's that it. vulnerable and that destroyed by something. I, was yeah. like, I don't no. think I've ever seen him like this. We're playing no. that quality. You're he's completely right. destroyed. He was great. And then I thought Kevin Costner's was amazing. Like, oh yeah. Having he's got to hide it. it. He has to hide it. Yeah. yeah. It's quite a challenge there. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like so much of that movie, there's so many levels of deception that they're all playing you know, they're all playing so many secrets on top of secrets. And I, right. I you know, just to, to gain to their objectives. Sometimes. It was hard to follow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I, I I really liked it. And then add on the fact that he's also, not only does he have to keep his, his the secret of the affair with Susan, you got to mm-hmm. keep that intact, but also the fact that he's Yuri, you know, he's he's fighting against that the whole time as well. Right, which you only, in, only you find out in understand the end, in but, retrospect that that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. But does and, that mean he didn't have true? He did have true feelings for her, though. Yeah, I, 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 I know. Think, I think I so. so. I think he does. In, when you, I think the evidence of that is that scene where he finds out that she's right dead. Now we're we're learning all this stuff about all the Russian moles, Russian spies in the eighties, because that's what happened to a lot of them. You know, like you can't. They got in too deep. Yeah, yeah you can't. Yeah. Uh, and there was no way out. <laughs> oh. That's a great segue into our next movie, No Way no. Out. <laughs> Kevin Costner. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm in a time loop. I don't know why this movie didn't hook me in. You know, I just couldn't. I enjoyed parts of it. I uh, I liked the the overall concept of it and the overall idea of it. But I don't know. I think this is going to sound like really lame, but it felt repetitive to me. I think the problem is you get to the middle of the movie and the heart of it is these two central uh, events that are, that are very drawn out and not very, <laughs> not very sexy. The slow, the, the very, very slow deciphering on a yeah. computer, on a 1987 computer yeah, of right. a Polaroid picture. <laughs> that's going right. to take days yeah, to see the picture. That's, that's one thing. And then is. the other thing is here's a little box. It's like, you have to put it into the log on the computer. And you need to give this a by a foreign printout to yeah, get to print on like, time. It's like, we need yeah, proof that a foreign dignitary gave him this. And then he gave it to her. It's so kind of pedestrian in a way that, it, and it takes so long to do those things that you and have I to guess like break it up with a huge car chase. And like, I guess those, in 87, that didn't, it didn't read that way. Just going back to Hackman again, too, even his turn at the end, you yeah, know, it was he, great. Like, he had a really nice, the, the arc of oh, his character. Yeah, I'll do anything for you. I'll give you anything you want, whatever you want. He was fiercely jealous of Susan. A man like that, do you understand? Suppose we, we had planned on working late Sunday night. I didn't arrive. He assumed I was with Susan. Dave, don't touch me. He went there looking for me. They argued, but you can assume the rest, right? Yeah, that was Do you great. have a favorite Gene Hackman performance? 
Oh God. I mean, I, I go right to Popeye Doyle. Yeah, that's kind of mine. All right, Popeye's here. Get your hands on your heads. Get off the bar and get on the wall. Come on, move. Move. Get your hands on your fucking head. You want to take a ride there, fat man? Oh, bullshit. Huh? Pay attention. We're going to ask questions later. Lex Luthor. I knew you were going to say Luthor. Yeah. Lex Luthor is amazing in the first Luther. Superman. In, in all fun. the Supermans. So that he does. Fun. What do you think, Soup Baby? Interesting? Well, your theory is quite impressive, Luthor. Otis, uh, would you go to the viewing room, please? But as for the rest, it's nothing but a sick fantasy. <laughs> fantasy? No, no. It's history. It's happening, Superman. Mitch Tushbucket! And uh, uh, even in this summer's Superman 4, he was very funny in Superman 4 <laughs> in, a, uh, in, a, in a very poor sequel. But he was having fun. You know you're a workaholic. You're playing a good guy 24 hours a day. Why don't you stop and smell the roses, huh? Get yourself a hobby, a pet, a kitten, a puppy. And uh, <laughs> no, I love Ms. Luthor and I loved him in The Birdcage. The Birdcage's fantastic. Fantastic. She's a small town girl. And he's a pretentious European, the worst kind. I've seen this all before. Aristotle Onassis was just like this. And all of the French, especially Mitterrand. And the English, not Margaret Thatcher, of course. And of course, he's the patriarch of the uh, Tenenbaums. The Tenenbaums. Oh God! Oh, forget it. That's yeah. yes. Sorry, I was uh, your royal Tenenbaums. I'll tell you one thing though. You got more grit, fire, and guts than any woman I've ever met. What? What do you smile about? Nothing. No, no. What's so funny? Nothing. Just these little expressions of yours. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll take it as a compliment. You're true blue, Ethel. You really are. I think that's probably he's, my favorite. He's in a great, great movie, of his. An, an early movie with Pacino called Scarecrow, mm-hmm. oh, which is fantastic. Okay. Yeah, I think you showed me that one in college, Fred. Yeah, I probably. That that's a like long time. that's a real classic seventies. Yeah. A lot of people you know, love Hoosiers. I haven't seen that in a very long time. But he's right. fantastic. We've and been I trying think to convince. He might have been nominated for that. Yeah, we've been trying to convince the kids to watch that. That's a great movie. Oh, they'll love that. How many Sheila? We got to go through all of these. Okay, how many Sheila's oh, for both. No Way Out? Uh, we should start doing the Sheila's after each movie. I think that's, that's true. I, I give it maybe a six. Yeah, okay. that sounds that sounds right. Maybe I might go closer to a. S- I, I was seven thinking about pushing up to a one. seven too. I'd give it a six, and then I'd give it like a, a Mega Force motorcycle spin just for the performances. <laughs> yeah, there's no bad good. performances in it. I'll no, give it like a five point five. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, Monster Squad. How many Sheila's? I'm I'm giving this like seven Sheila's. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. Four and a half, five shields. Holy bejazmus. I'll go. Your enjoyment of it, Jason, pushes me to like a 4.5. Wow. I liked it (laughs) better than And and you're bringing me down to earth. Takes me down to probably (laughs) us. I think a six is a much no, more reasonable. No, don't let me bring you down. No, not you. Well, both of you. You're, you know, you, <laughs> you're talking sense into me a little bit. I mean, think of all the movies in the world. And when I get, do I want to go to my? Do I want to go to my grave saying, saying like? And somebody's like, Monster Squad, seven out of ten? Maybe not. But I enjoyed. I had a. I had a better time than I expected. So it's got to be. I'm glad. It's got to be above five. So it's. Uh, I'd say. So let's go six. I'm glad for you. Uh, disorderlies. 
Oh, I would give it a zero, but I really like seeing Rick Nielsen because I love Cheap Trick so much. So maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll give it like a point, point three. Won't even bring it up to one. This is a short stack of cardamom pancakes. You give it a short stack. <laughs> Half eaten. Half eaten short Half stack. Half eaten short stack. Or, like, a, like a rodent just kind of like working its way through the <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, just one stack. soggy half of a cardamom pancake. Mm-hmm. That's about, a pancake that's about that was like sat it. upon by one of the fat boys. Oh, there mm-hmm. you go. And farted mm-hmm. on. Yeah, no, very, very few. Yeah, maybe a zero. I'll go with that. I'll go with a, a tiny scrap of cardamom. <laughs> there was one moment I did laugh in disorders other than the, oh, he's just on drugs that moment. It's when... The human beatbox fat boy goes and falls on the two guys. <laughs> yes. I did. I laughed then too. Uh, because was, I was I like, a little oh, bit they're finally using their girth to yeah. to <laughs> win, to I win a battle down. with someone. That's what I they should have been doing down. the whole time. They should have been doing that and they should have been rapping the whole time because those mm-hmm. are their two superpowers. They're big and they can rap. They did neither of those things. It is unforgivable to me to have the final <laughs> credits of that movie not have a and not have a fat boy song. <laughs> there was none of them. They were, they were, there was one scene where they were jamming out to Bon Jovi. I was like, what the fuck? Why How is there no rap and hip hop in the song? Rappers and it is, and they have two gold or platinum albums by this time. And you roll credits on their movie and it's not a fat boy song. That's the most unforgivable thing of all. It was really bizarre. I take my pancake was, away. They get yeah, nothing. Really they get a smear of boysenberry syrup <laughs> from 80s IHOP. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty great. Okay, uh, uh, there's nothing more that can be said on that topic. Uh, can't buy me love. Oh, I I enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to. I'll go. What did I give? No way out. Five and a half. Uh, uh, I'll yeah, give. So. I'll I'll go six. I'm gonna give five. Why not? I'll give it four. It really didn't hold up. For me, yeah, it's probably more of a four. You're probably right. I'm I'm going with more of like a nostalgia too, which is okay. I mean, Jesus, yeah. I mean, I had had to be talked down on Monster Squad, <laughs> which had no nostalgia. It was just I'm just a giant infant, I guess. I was like, I was like delightful. Well, join us next week on opening weekend when we're going to travel back to August twenty third, nineteen ninety six, and the release of three films. The Island of Dr. Moreau, cult classic, I would say, Island of Dr. Moreau, starring Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer and David Thewlis, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's the One, Edward Byrne's second film uh, starring, I believe, himself, along with Jennifer Aniston and Cameron Diaz. It's his follow-up to the Brothers McMullen. And finally... A very Brady sequel, the uh, sequel to the Brady Bunch movie, which I really loved. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. So that's next week on opening weekend. I'm sure it's going to be a very good week of movie watching for us. (laughs) Uh, Dan, you have anything to take us out with? Yes. Um, Hey, tell everyone you know to subscribe uh, on the various platforms. I don't know that song. Oh, Uh, yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, please. Just tell everyone you know to subscribe. Please subscribe. Go to iTunes. Yes. Give us five stars. Write a review if you're so inclined. Oh, God, uh, yes. And thank you so much for listening. Yes, yes. If, uh, if Disorderlies had been good, I would have done The Fat Boys Are Back, which goes a little something like this. But... 
That movie was terrible. It didn't deserve it. <laughs> it doesn't deserve a goddamn thing. So I'll do Can't Buy Me Love. Because I there did I did enjoy that movie more than I thought I was going yeah. to. Okay. So we'll do a little bit of that. Fantastic. Yeah, that's that was the fun. one. Thank you, Fred, for bringing uh, our second special guest in this podcast yeah. history. The lovely and talented Izzy. Uh, thank you, Izzy. Yes. yes. Thank you for your, for your your wise words regarding Thomas Crown. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week on Opening Weekend. Ralph Bellamy lives. The Opening Weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. Is he listens to the podcast, I was going right? to say, I do it for Izzy. You do? Well, like, only when you, like, force me to listen to it. <laughs> or, like, you just turn it on, you just turn it on in the car, and I'm like, all right, so we're just listening to this now, I guess. But is that it, your review? Well, you go on iTunes. No, no, no. I guess this is happening. <laughs>